0: Hello and welcome to Startups, Successes and Struggles with Liv and Jenny. That's this so is the, woohoo! This is the podcast where we will talk about our lives as young female entrepreneurs in 2020. We'll talk about our successes, our struggles, and everything that's come in between. And we're hoping to get some guests on to discuss some interesting things. In the future as well. My name is Liv, and the other voice you are hearing is my business partner, Jennifer.
1: Jenny, you can call me Jenny. You don't have to be formal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Hello. I'm Jenny. Um. I am from Scotland. I'm from Dunfermline originally, but I currently live in Glasgow, same as Liv. And we both love this city. Actually, it would be nice to talk a little bit about the city. Mhm. Absolutely. Um, so I studied French and business at university and then I started our first business walking tours in Scotland which was walking tours in Glasgow at the time in 2017 while we were still at university. And ever since we have been running the businesses but we've done a lot in between. Um, we have um, travelled across yeah, quite 20, 30 countries together.
0: Yeah, it's been a pretty good time.
1: Sorry, numerous other businesses annoyed the fuck out of each other and loved
0: it. Aye. It's been a good time. Yes, it has. It has. It has. we has.
1: come up to our 4th birthday!
0: I know! I know how we're going to celebrate. Last year we had such a good time. We had a birthday party in a very nice pub. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got a caterpillar cake. We wore little third birthday badges. Yeah. What you are we going to do know. this year? I don't know, probably drink wine remotely. All right, Zoom wine session. We could, a podcast. we could do a podcast, about four years of entrepreneurship. Oh, we could actually, that's a good idea.
0: Excellent. Well, in episode one, we said that we want to discuss more about our entrepreneurial journey and what sort of led us to starting businesses and wanting to become entrepreneurs in the first place. You know, I know we both studied business at uni, but I think that it, for both of us it started you know when we were very young selling sweets on the side of the road yeah. so what was the first little business that you had Jen
1: yeah just to add to what you've said we don't really we do talk about our entrepreneurship a lot but we don't take the time to sit and answer questions for each other was mm-hmm. going to be and actually just, this goes
0: it's <laughs> especially as I just asked you a question and you didn't answer it <laughs>
1: Um, well, the first thing that I remember was in my street, I set up a stall at the end of the driveway in my, on my house. And I went round to the corner shop, which is called Transy. Still is called Transy, but all they sell is beer cans now. Um, what did it sell before? It was like a corner shop. So it sold newspapers and so there's no
0: demand for that in Dunferm there?
1: Yeah, just beer. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> they know their audience
1: they actually they sell the beer kegs oh uh, right that's all they sell literally it's really bizarre um but anyway went around there i bought some items i think i spent like a fiver i bought chewing gum i can't remember how much it was but let's just say it's six, 60p mm-hmm. then i got the i swindled my next door neighbor he was a kid two years older than me i think or three years older than me and i knocked on his door and i was like do you want to come look at my stall and he came and looked. Oh my god. For like one pound fifty, I tripled the cost of of the,
0: of wow. the it's a decent markup. Was you not a bit
1: offended? No, he took it, he bought it, he chewed some of the gum. Then, an hour later, my mum discovers that I was like what she was doing in the meantime while I was in the street and she asked me what on earth I was doing. I told her, and then she swiftly told me to stop the operation. <laughs> me return the money Oh, your neighbour Michael. She, uh, so she actually made, made a, a lot. <laughs> Which is a good precedent for future businesses. Uh, but as um, I remember, I'm pretty sure I sold Lemon Sherbuck's to another neighbour and I remember selling something to some, there was this random couple that walked past. Mm-hmm. I remember selling something to them that' tell you what it is or what happened. To them, actually, so I don't know how much profit I didn't at that point. I didn't know what a profit loss <laughs> was.
0: <laughs> That's true, nah, it's just a good way to spend a few hours, isn't it? Call
1: exactly. oh, in God. your
0: neighbours. Um, me and my sister Heli, we had quite a few driveway ventures. The one that ended in a similar way to yours was Helly Heli had decided that we should sell flowers from the garden. Uh, so I was just her little accomplice, her assistant in this. <laughs> and we wandered around the garden, picked all of mum's nicest flowers and then stood at the gate whilst mum was at work, flogging them to people as they walked past. I think we sold them all. I think we made a good couple of quid, right? And <laughs> it was all well and good until mum got home. realised all her lovely flowers had been picked. <laughs> she was fuming. She was so angry. But unlike uh, chewing gum, you can't go and get your flowers back because they were then dead, so that was a bit savage and then I used to try and sell, um, I had this little barbie icing bread cake kit, right, so I had these little heart shaped cookie cutters and i would cut heart shaped pieces of white bread and then stick them together with some icing sugar and water Mm -hmm. and make a little red icing sugar two-tiered cake, that was maybe the size of like a two pound coin. And then I sat at the end of the drive trying to sell them for five p. Did you actually
1: buy those?
0: Some people did. Most people did not. uh, Because the trouble was, is that uh, they got started attracting wasps. Oh, God. So I had to give that business up because I was quite scared of wasps. Jesus. Yeah, not the most successful. But it was quite good because I ate all the other ones.
1: (laughs) you've just got to eat your stock.
0: Yeah. So if you're ever in the market for it... Bread, icing, sugar, cake. Hit me up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll have offers flooding in from the world. Okay, I want to ask you then how, at what point in your adulthood or teenagehood did business become something that was viable or something that you thought might interest you?
0: I don't know. I mean, originally when I came to uni, I wanted to study economics. So Weird. I wasn't actually that interested in business. I wanted to do psychology and economics. um, But then it turns out I was really shit at economics. So I switched (laughs) to business after first year, uh, which was ended up being a really good decision. I think like I think I always enjoyed selling my bits on the side of the road Mm -hmm. as a child. I always enjoyed sort of doing things for money, you -hmm. know, and like I did a lot of odd jobs around the house that my parents would pay me for. Always cleaning the cars, exterior for a fiver, interior for another fiver, or both of them for seven fifty. It was a package deal. Um, or yeah, and then I think it was when I was at uni, doing more stuff actually to do with business. Um, and then in 2016, I think it was to
1: business. Sorry. Why did you switch to business?
0: Because I was so bad at economics. <laughs> oh okay. Because I got a D three in economics in first year, whereas I got because obviously in Glasgow you have to study three subjects in first year. So business was my extra one, so I had psychology, economics, and business. And then I got my D three in economics, and I can be in business. And I'm mm. like, maybe business is more for me,
1: Fair less right.
0: massy Okay. Right. And then I think it was when I went to Uganda, um, to do this, I worked with Balloon Ventures, as you know, to support local entrepreneurs and sort of help them create new products, test them out, do the market research um, to sort of create something that's unique rather than just another person selling the same thing
1: mm-hmm. in a line
0: of five people selling the same thing. Um, and it sort of, I don't know, it really inspired me that this is a good way of life, you know, when you're in charge of what you're doing and you kind of, you control your own destiny. Um, and then I think with us starting the business just before we graduated, it was just a kind of natural next step you know and then the more i got a taste for what we were doing the less i wanted to work for someone else
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. what about you um so when i was at school i took business at a higher level yeah i think a higher level because you can't take it in standard grades in scotland which is gcs not gcse a level level in england mm-hmm. and um i remember being good at it really good at it and i really enjoyed it i remember sitting there learning all of the new vocabulary and i just i just was good at it and, and found it really interesting i remember doing case studies mm-hmm. I don't remember my teacher's name my friend kennis will know really <laughs> i'm pretty sure she's got her on facebook actually but anyway um and then i took advanced business but obviously i left school um in my final year mm-hmm. after one month of my final year I was already been. I'd already been accepted into Glasgow, so I didn't need to continue. Um. So then I decided to study business. I don't know why. I remember having a discussion with Keris actually. Mm-hmm. She was going to take business. it. Uh, yeah, she was. It's crazy take, to think about, anyway. isn't it? No. Right. I remember it was in. It was in sixth year. I was. I was still at school. I'd actually. I stayed for a few months because this was in like November. It was around our birthdays, and she turned around and was like. I'm gonna do nursing by the way i'm not doing business anymore and i was shook i was like why why are you not doing business because i think i think she had an impact on me choosing business as well
0: you kind of wanted to do it because your best mate was doing it
1: yeah but but no i just it was our thing so it was like yeah we were both good at it um and that's where i met her i'm pretty sure in that class but anyway and then at university i remember i always wanted to study french it was always my dominant subject Mm -hmm to be a french teacher or something and then my grand sat me down me and said you need to take english language with um with french because right. it helps you with translation and i'll help you with teaching and like understanding grammar rules and everything she was like if you have to take english literature but you have to take one of the two and if you want to be successful a successful linguist basically mm-hmm. and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> I've taken higher English and loved it as well, I got an A in English, um, but I wanted to take business instead, so I took business. I also took Sociology, where I could have took English. So. Sorry, <laughs> that's true, you
0: could, even for a year you could have, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know, and I did, I love Sociology actually, but anyway, and then I was meant to be, so I was only doing French, I went into university with single honours French, mm-hmm. and then I got really obsessed with fitness really ill with fitness in first year of uni and I wanted to switch to sports science mm-hmm. but I didn't. and I literally I had a meeting with my academic person mm-hmm. academic officer or whatever and I was like can I do French and, and so and sports science at the same time she was like no you have to switch you know ecology and things so you can't yeah. But you can take French and business or sociology and she was like I'd recommend that you take one of the two because coming out with single honours French it doesn't you know basically doesn't give you much. Right. I thought about it I think I spoke to my parents about it and they said take business it's going to you know, lead you to better places basically. Right. So that's how I switched to joint honours and then it was always like there I don't understand how our conversation about starting a business really came up but I remember when when we were speaking about it I was as excited as you were Mm -hmm. but all I remember is you sort of being really excited about it so I don't know at what point I thought it might actually be viable to start start a business Mm -hmm. but it just sort of happened. I think as well when I I was ill and I was really into fitness I had 15,000 followers on Instagram at the time. Mm -hmm. Really big, Fifteen thousand, Yeah. Oh my God. It Jesus. Was very big in 2012. Like yeah. there, there, you know, there weren't a lot of accounts with that. And I remember thinking at the time, if I keep this up, I could maybe make money out of this. Mm-hmm. I would be rich, rich influencer. All right,
0: but you'd be so unhealthy. So <laughs>
1: um, but... you wouldn't
0: send me later Um,
1: and I remember at that point, so that was before we'd ever met, that I thought about it. But I don't, yeah, I don't really know. I don't I really don't remember our conversation about it <laughs> no st-
0: I remember no because I remember I had come back from Uganda because obviously we knew each other before from like friends yeah. of friends kind of thing and then I came back from Uganda and we became friends like better friends over him. helping yeah. um, and then I think because we were in the same class mm-hmm. you know we were just spending a bit more time together mm-hmm. So then we just started talking about, and I think you'd been talking to me. You were like asked me about Uganda because you just come back from France.
1: From France, yeah. Aye.
0: So yeah. we were talking about like our time, sort of summer abroad, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then I was saying I'd always wanted to start a business. You were saying you had to, and then I said, Well, I've always thought there's space for a walking tour
1: yeah. in Glasgow, That's and that was it. Do you know what? Yeah. I'm there. This is weird because I completely forgot that this happened. But when I was living in Bordeaux, because mm-hmm. I was working in bars, um, and I remember like we'd have a lot of conversations about like your life and you know what you want to do. And I remember th- saying to everyone, and everyone will testify this that I live with in Bordeaux, they were like, I always used to say I've got this idea that I'm g- that's going to make me millions. Nice. I can't remember what that idea is. But <laughs> Anna asked me like when we went back when we went to Bordeaux together. Yeah. Years ago. Or a few years ago. She was like, is the walking tours your big idea? I was like, no. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> but so I did like and my brain was in business that summer as well. Yeah. I was thinking about businesses, but all I did, all I thought I did was just drink and work. It's <laughs> interesting, isn't
0: it?
1: But yeah, then from there. Mm-hmm. Wanna talk about how we built our first business,
0: what our first business is. Ah, yeah. So obviously so I think it was around the January time, like just after Christmas, we sort of discussed in more detail this walk in tour. Um because as it's become quite apparent, we're both quite avid travellers. And I personally love to go on a walk in tour wherever I go. I think it's the best way to find out about the city. And I always thought that it was strange that there isn't one in Glasgow. Um or well, there wasn't one in Glasgow. Like there was sort of very specific tours. There was a music tour. Um, there was some like kinda of niche Macintosh tours and stuff, but there was no like general welcome to Glasgow, we'll show you the key sites in a couple of hours. Kind of talk. Um so we talked about it and we realized that, you know, I think it's a very it was a very low cost thing to start up, you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. gonna take us a huge amount of time we
1: to begin with. I think.
0: Yeah, we put in a hundred quid each, we became Incorporated, I remember where we did that, it was at the G-12 cafe, uh, in the G- in the uni- Union. And um, oh, we've got the document, meeting one. Yeah, yeah, we have felt the need to write notes for all of our discussions. Yeah, uh,
1: that lasted about two meetings.
0: It's because we had such good meetings when we were drinking, couldn't write notes then,
1: That's was the yeah. trouble.
0: Um, but no, so we got incorporated. We made a Facebook page. We started making a website, um, and we were like, you know, I think we both thought, well, we're about to graduate. At worst, this will be something for the summer, you know, because there will be some, hopefully, some sort of demand oh. for the summer.
1: Yeah, it was summer.
0: Um, and so we got our first customer through Facebook, Sarah and okay. Pedro, Spanish couple. We. Well, I think, no, we'd had a customer a week before who was booked, but we got so scared that we cancelled it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it was through Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and I remember during that first tour, it was awful, by the way. It was awful. in Scotland is excellent now, excellent guides, excellent tours. Now we don't do the tours, that's why they're so good. <laughs> we got really good, but we were scared little 21 um, year olds, or oh, you were 21, I was 22, I'm uh, um, just not knowing what on earth we were doing, and we both did a tour for two people. I think about how ridiculous we it did was. half
0: the info each yeah. <laughs> I got to the cathedral, told them all about like St. Mungo, then we dropped them off at the necropolis for them to walk around. As we were going back for a little break, i was saying, I haven't actually told them that we're at the cathedral or like <laughs> that this is a cathedral. <laughs> I've just been like, St. Mungo, that's nice. Now here's a graveyard, off you go. <laughs> I
1: mean, at first, as well, we used to give out feedback sheets.
0: Yeah.
1: But they'd fill in in front of us, and maybe like, we <laughs> feel so awkward, and <at> time <laughs> look, Of course, they felt awkward. Yeah, but it was a good thing to do. You need feedback, don't you? Yeah, I know. It was yeah. good. We learned well, a lot,
0: I think, from that feedback.
1: No, we did. <laughs> Although it probably wasn't all honest. But...
0: No, what but I more? think they were as nice as they could be. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: <Wouldn't> did <Yeah>. you say? <laughs> Before. We'd even done that, we'd pushed ourselves by going out to do market research, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, we literally stood in a street in Glasgow and asked people how much they would pay for a tour, etc. Most of
0: them said very little, (laughs) (laughs) they were like, I wouldn't pay for it, I would pay a fiver. Someone was like, I'll pay a tenner, and we were like, okay, our tours will cost ten pounds." One person says they're happy to pay for it. Uh, But it was really hard, I think, to come up with a pricing model because we thought about doing them for free, as is sort of the way of a lot of tours in Europe. But then we thought, you know, if you do something for free, there's no guarantee you're actually going to earn any money. Yeah. You know?
1: We wouldn't have, probably. We wouldn't have earned as much money as we did that first summer.
0: No. But I think there is, you know, there's value in charging for something because it shows Mm -hmm. that the product is valuable. Yeah. You know? So yeah, so to go back, obviously we Set up this Facebook page. We had a couple of interested people, and then we got in touch with the student enterprise manager, Marion, mm-hmm. at the uni, who just to try and get some advice, because obviously we had no idea what we were doing. Fair enough, you're doing a business degree, but it doesn't actually teach you that much about running a business. I did a module on business startup, but it was very basic, you know. Um, so Marion suggested that we apply for this Santander summer program. To get a grant, all
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: right What did we have to do for that?
1: So, I don't, I do We had a pitch. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, was pitch. I think. Kind of business plan. A Business plan, obviously, that we would then pitch, um and that was it. So we, we, I don't know, I don't really remember working on the business plan, but Oh, I, remember-
0: I do. Yeah. That was time consuming. It was all the projections we had to make and yeah. like plans for the future. It's quite fun to read. I read it a few months ago. Yeah, same. Yeah.
1: It's weird because it's, a lot of it has actually come true. hmm And a lot of it has just been completely in a different direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the projections were actually our, what's the word for when it's like reasonable, our reasonable
0: mm-hmm.
1: projections actually were less than we ended up making. Yeah. No, that's true. Very true. I expect high projection, I think. thanks to that grant probably.
0: No, definitely. Yeah, cause we, so we submitted the business plan and then we made it to the final eight people.
1: Mm. Cause I think there
0: was a few more before they narrowed it down and then we pitched and of the eight, four people were getting funding. So we had good odds, Um, but it was like two and a half grand date And I remember in the pitch cause I was terrified because we didn't actually really know what we were talking about. Uh, we'd done about two tours and we'd spelt whiskey wrong in yeah. the business plan, we've spelled it with an E, which is the American spelling, and that was really embarrassing.
1: That was so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing. No, I I'm, even, I'm Scottish, and sometimes even when I'm writing whiskey now, I still question which is the right Did spell. you see the Americanism everywhere, don't you? That's the problem. Um, that is the problem. Okay, so that was the start of our business. Right. Know on. Yeah,
0: getting into too intricate details.
1: I wanted to ask you, which is a question I thought while we were speaking before, mm-hmm. do you think the way our parents raised us, like you earning money to, to wash the car or do the internal external, mm-hmm. had an influence on how we've turned out business-wise?
0: Yeah, I think so, definitely, definitely. Because I think, you know, they've always taught me that you need to work for your money, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think because my parents are both so hard-working, like sort of 12-hour days, Kind of people um and they always have been for like as long as i've been alive that it's very much sort of set a standard that you need to work very hard to reap any sort of reward and i think with them you know paying me for doing jobs around the house it teaches you that you know you can pay your way in the world and you can be sort of in charge of your own destiny i think it's difficult though because obviously both my parents and both your parents are employed so they don't necessarily have a huge amount of experience in like entrepreneurship yeah um so they've not been role models in that way i suppose but like my uncles where they run their own businesses um so i think it's always been like in the family and it's never been seen as something that's like unachievable you know
1: yeah yeah yeah, definitely i think that's i mean we both had very similar upbringings Mm -hmm. but i think that's definitely one of the things that everything is achievable yeah. For me and, and my parents like we had similar upbringings in the sense that both our parents worked really long hours really successful within their careers so my mm-hmm. parents are lawyers um, and both you know earn a lot of money and have worked really hard to earn a lot of money they haven't always but one thing my mum always told me was that i need to sacrifice it'll be funny if she listens to this <laughs> <laughs> that. Laugh. but i suppose it's something that's kind of stuck with me um, but you kind of need to sacrifice some things. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose it's helped me realise that one thing I don't want to sacrifice is my happiness for work. Yeah. And we, I went, I started working at JGB thanks to my mum. Um, through when I was fourteen. So mm-hmm. I started when I was fourteen, then when I left school, at at sixteen. I must have been. Or I was just seventeen when I left school, which is mm-hmm. insane. And then in the bank for a year. I remember I started working in the bank at night, and I had to be sixteen. It was their minimum age. No, I can't remember. But anyway, <laughs> saw my date of birth when I was there that night. It was my first night in the bank, and they saw my passport and they were like, "You like you can't work here. You're way too young." And I was <laughs> like, "Like quit another job, Make this. You have to let me work here." And they let me work. Mm -hmm. That's a bit concerning, isn't it, for their policies? (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was 16 and it was just too young, like it wasn't their policies, I was within policy, I think. Right,
0: okay.
1: 16 years old. Angry,
0: 16-year-old demands you must give her a job.
1: (laughs) Then I worked um, full-time until I went to university and mum always said that I needed to work throughout university, so I continued with bank jobs throughout Mm -hmm. university. I did summer jobs obviously I went to I taught in France and and worked in bars in France so we Mm -hmm. both always worked yeah yeah they build that in us that we have to work
0: no that's true I think I got my first job same age as you at 14 I was coaching cricket and then I did my four-week stint in McDonald's which was for my £3.67 an hour and my six quid bus so I made six quid (laughs) for four hours work which was just appalling and I came home smelling of chips every day.
1: That's the worst. It was disgusting. <laughs> I know. We always say this is that if you hadn't worked in McDonald's and I hadn't worked in the bank, we would not be where we are. You have to work a shitty job to Hi. do better.
0: No, that's very true, especially in like hospitality jobs. You know, I think we've both done our fair share of working in bars and being waitresses, and yep, it's that sort of environment, isn't it? And even- I think you can tell with people, you know, you can tell if you meet someone it's like you've never worked a day of retail or hospitality in your life because they're always the rude ones.
1: Yeah, they're always the mean ones. Me. And even the bank adds value because it's a, maybe it's a very dumb specific. I think it's a very UK wide thing. Then a lot of small towns people will get stuck in jobs. Mm-hmm. In- you know the bank or whatever, and it's especially call, call centers. centers. Oh, yeah, that's all I was doing. Was, well, first it was data entry and then call center, but it's that sort of menial work. You're yeah. a call, you know, and a lot of people get stuck in it because it's not badly paid, mm-hmm. and you know, they're happy, good for them. But it made me realize that I was I couldn't live my life doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, I and mean, we should maybe discuss this on another podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like the balance between. Working to live and living to work. Yeah. You know what is the perfect dynamic? Is there one?
1: We'll do that. Come in. Come in soon to a podcast. You. Sneaky. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: um. Okay. Our next thing that I wanted to speak about as well is this question. Mm-hmm. Let me finish. What is your ultimate dream for entrepreneurship?
0: Well, oh, that's a big question
1: i think that's a really difficult one because i think you
0: i think your uh your ultimate dream well for me it very much depends on where i am at the moment
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know but i think maybe long term is i want to be entirely Mm self-sustaining through my entrepreneurship
1: financially free
0: financially free and also able to support other people that are wanting to get into business you know we've discussed this a lot it's just creating sort of incubators and funding for people who are like us and were like us when we first wanted to start a business because I don't think there was much support out there uh, for people like us so it was just yeah I think that's a dream is to have sort of financial stability to be doing something that like makes a difference to people
1: yeah.
0: um, not be exploiting anyone
1: yeah I mean uh, not, we're not exploiting anyone now no
0: I know no I know
1: <laughs> that sounds awful
0: But you know, what I mean, it's like giving back, you know, and it's like doing something that benefits not just yourself But benefits a whole host of other people.
1: Yeah. 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 What about you? So I think for me Fulfillment is key.
0: Mm Like
1: I've been thinking about this a lot. I need to feel I need to feel fulfilled and I've worked and I'm still working as English teaching Mm -hmm. Jobs that don't fulfill me. It doesn't fulfill me. I don't feel like I'm using my skills or my knowledge or my passion towards anything Mm -hmm. and if I have a business and an entrepreneur and I am an entrepreneur that has businesses that fulfill me then that's my dream right and I think on another side to that like financial freedom is you know massively important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I don't want financial freedom through you know selling crappy alley experiences. yeah no I get you Right, that won't fulfill me as an entrepreneur. And yeah, I could make a million pounds, but even with, you know, millions of pounds, if it's not something that I care about, then it's not gonna be for me. Yeah, no, I get you.
0: And to be fair, without this pandemic, we were very close to financial freedom from our businesses. You know, we were living entirely off the income from the walking tours. It's just that I think this pandemic's put us back five steps, but 2022 will be our year.
1: 2021?
0: Well, end of twenty twenty one, when people are allowed to travel again.
1: <laughs> well, there's other things like this will give us fulfilment, hope. Um, exactly. You know, we're, we've recently set up this young women entrepreneurs in Scotland group that will give us fulfilment. Meet. Mm-hmm.
0: Search for it on Facebook, please.
1: Young women entrepreneur in Scotland.
0: Even if you're not Scottish, you're still welcome.
1: Yeah, anyone's welcome. Um, but yeah, that that would be my ultimate dream.
0: No, that's lovely. And that's a good note to end on, I think. Yeah. I think so. It's been very nice uh,
1: reminiscing with you, Jennifer. It was, it's nice to actually take the time to sit down and answer them, specifically. like Yeah. That we always, yeah. like, touch on but never go into. No, I think so. It
0: gives you some, like, perspective, I think, as well. Yeah, it does. You know, see how far we've come. Definitely. Definitely. Well, catch you. Well, I'll see you tomorrow for
1: our Saturday morning walk. <laughs> yeah social distance. <laughs> <mean> <laughs> yeah. Well I'll conclude the podcast. Thank you very much for listening if you have. Um we're gonna be recording an episode every single week of twenty twenty one. That we remember but we know <laughs> <don't remember. laughs> we'll do at least forty five. <laughs> nice. Um and we hope that this is listened to by us in mm-hmm. ten years. Is there anything that you want to say to yourself in ten years?
0: Oh god in ten years <laughs> time me. Well, I you're not
1: Jennifer Benson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope we finally bought a new car, Liv. Because Betty is, is dying. We'll she's, she's 17
1: years old, you know. And that's now. Your cousin. In 10 years time, she'll be 27. And in her grave, rightfully so. But anyway, yeah. hello to future Jennifer and Liv who are listening to this. Hello to anybody listening to this. We hope that it's, you've enjoyed listening to All us, right. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Right, see right. you next week. Bye-bye.